Today on Word of Grace Radio with Senior Pastor and Teacher Joe Marquez. Verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly perceived. His invisible attributes, he's, uh, he is eternal. Right? His eternal power, it says here, his power, his omnipotence, his divinity, his righteousness, his omniscience, his mercy, his love, his immobility, his Unbility. He doesn't change. So his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, eternal power, his omniscience or omnipotence, in other words. Power there, dunamis, the ability to do something anytime he wants to do it. That's his power. And his divine nature. Divine nature is a way of incorporating all of his attributes into one. That's the nature of who he essentially is. It comes from theos, which is the Greek word for God. It's theotis. Theotis means his divine nature. Everything that incorporates who God is. And all these attributes have been clearly perceived. They haven't been hidden. Everyone sees them. Your word of grace offers healing to the nation. Welcome to Word of Grace Radio, a radio ministry of Grace Calvary Chapel located in San Antonio, Texas. We pray that God uses these sermons to bless, encourage, and help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, Pastor Joe is in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. The title of this sermon is, The Wrath of God. Here is the second half and conclusion to this verse-by-verse study with senior pastor and teacher, Joe Marquez. You know, they're, they're everybody looking, you know, who are you talking to? What? It's not me. It's not my. That's not mine, or, or it's not mine. I didn't do it. I, it's not. And then it just goes from there. We become adults, and we're still doing the same thing. I didn't do it. It's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. Nobody wants to take personal responsibility for their life. And yet, that's an essential Christian doctrine. The man who sins is responsible for his sin. He don't place his sin on, on, on his children. And he don't place the children's sin on the father. Everyone's personal responsible for themselves. So what is plain about God, or what can be known about God, is plain. It's, it's visible. Everyone can see it. Everyone can hear it. It's plain to them. It's displayed before them. And how so? Because God has shown it to them. You may say, well, how has God shown it to them? God has shown it to them. 
Like I said, no one can ever plead ignorance of God. Well, Psalm 19, 1 and 2 says it this way. The heavens are telling, or the heavens declare what? The glory of God. And their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. One of the ways that God reveals himself then is through his creation. You look at the moon, you look at the stars, you look at the planets. There's a God. There's a God. That it, it, it's revealing to every mankind. Another way that God reveals himself then, first through creation, secondly through conscience, through the way we think. In Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 16, it says it this way, For when Gentiles do not have the law, do instructively the things of the law, they have no Bible, don't have it, not having the law are a law to themselves, in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. In other words, through creation and through man's conscience, God has revealed himself. God has revealed himself. In other words, men know right from wrong. God has placed that in them. But they suppress it. Right? It was Ray Steadman who said, there's no such thing as an atheist. Even communists will, will admit that. When Khrushchev was over here, he used the name of God frequently. Stalin one time, when, when he was told that he, they had won a battle, he said, he cried out, thank God. You know, it's been revealed to us. People will say, there is no God. There is no God, and all the wonders about you are accidental. No mighty hand made a thousand billion stars, they made themselves. The surface of our land just happened to have topsoil, without which we would have no vegetables to eat, no grass for the animals whose meat is our food. The inexhaustible envelope of air, only 50 miles deep, and exactly the right density to support life is just another law of physics. We have day and night because the earth spins at a given speed without slowing down. Who made this arrangement? It tilts so that we get seasons. The sun's fire doesn't generate too much heat so that we fry and just enough heat so that we don't freeze. The human heart will beat for 70 and 80 years without faltering. How does it rest in between beats? Who gave the human tongue flexibility to form words? Who made the brain to understand them? It's all accidental. Right? No, the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It's the fool, Psalm 14.1, who says there is no God. The design of creation points to the master designer. And verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, Divine nature have been clearly perceived. His invisible attributes, he's 
He is eternal. Right? His eternal power, it says there. His power, His omnipotence, His divinity, His righteousness, His omniscience, His mercy, His love, His immobility, His unbility. He doesn't change. So His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power, eternal power, His omniscience or omnipotence, in other words. Power there, dunamis, the ability to do something anytime he wants to do it. That's his power. And his divine nature. Divine nature is a way of incorporating all of his attributes into one. That's the nature of who he essentially is. It comes from theos, which is the Greek word for God. It's theotis. Theotis means his divine nature. Everything that incorporates who God is and all these attributes have been clearly perceived. They haven't been hidden. Everyone sees them. You know, biblically speaking, there, there are two types of revelation. There's general revelation. General revelation is, is, is the revelation that every human being can see. Right? God's creation. God, the conscience that he has placed in each human being. That's general revelation. Then there's special revelation. Special revelation is when God reveals himself through, namely, his word. The only ones who get that are those who study the word of God. If you don't read the Bible, you're not going to get any special revelation of God. You're still going to be receiving general, but special is those who get into the word of God. And it's been revealed ever since the creation of the world. So if you've ever wondered who created the world, and, and I looked it up, how many people believe, how many Americans believe that God created the world? And in one sense or another, around 85% believe that God created the world. Now there is a difference among those 85%. Probably 30% of them believe that God created the world in six days. And then the others believe that God created the world, but he used evolution to create it. And yet they still believe there's a God, that he created the world. Only 15% then don't actually believe there's a God. So when, when it speaks of creation... You know, many people believe in creation and the creation of the world, the cosmos, whether it's the, the order of everything. And the creation in the things that have been made. And I like the way that Paul puts it here. He uses the word uh, poema. You remember the other time that he uses that word in Ephesians chapter 2.10. He says, for you are what God's workmanship, his poema, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And here he, he's saying that in the things that have been made, God, it's God's workmanship then. And the way he's created stuff. Creation is God's work of art then. Just as you are God's work of art, creation is, is God's work of art. And the way everything interrelates together in the way everything works is because God has created it. 
And because God has created it, then they are, so they are what? Without excuse. They have no excuse. No one can ever say, I I didn't know. Oh no. He's revealed himself through creation. He's revealed himself to you through conscience. No one can ever say, well, you know, no one ever told me. Truth is, if you respond to the light you've been given through creation and conscience, God will send somebody to tell you. But if you don't respond to it, you'll, you'll stay where you're at. You can mark it down as a fact. Even those who have never had an opportunity to hear the gospel then have heard about the existence and character of God. His attributes. Who He is. They can choose or not to choose to follow after Him. The men are judged and sent to hell not because they don't live up to the light, but because they reject it. Because they reject it. Uh, Think of the Ethiopian eunuch. There he is having visited Jerusalem. On his way back to to Ethiopia. And he he heard some things. And he's he's reading some stuff. and, and, And he wants to know more. So what does God do? He sends Philip after him. Hey, Philip, I know you've got a great ministry going on here by the, by the beach, but let's go down and let's take care of this guy. He, he sent Philip from a thriving beach ministry of, of hundreds to minister to one guy. Because the guy was seeking. Philip told him about Jesus and he was baptized. Or how about Cornelius, a Gentile centurion in the Roman army, a, a devout man who, who feared God. And God sent Peter to him to explain the gospel to him. Lydia was a true worshiper of God, and God sent Paul to speak to her. And so we see, not only in Scripture, but throughout history, that when people want to know, God will send somebody to them. There's no excuse. No human being has an excuse. I didn't know I was in the wrong place. I grew up far away from the church. We know that God wants none to perish, right? Second Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slow and fulfilled to fulfill His promises. Some God's slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So God has revealed himself through creation, through conscience, and man is without sin. And what was the result of that? Of them rejecting God? For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they knew God, they had a sense there's a God, he's real, he's alive. But you know what? I'm not going to honor him. I'm not going to thank him. I'm not going to give him honor. I'm not going to glorify him. And, and I'm not going to give him thanks. In fact, the word, or give thanks to him, it's written in, 
in the eritus tense, in the active voice, which means it is blatant, willful. It's blatant and it's willful. I'm not going to thank God. Again and again and again. I'm not going to honor Him. I'm not going to thank Him. I don't want to believe in Him. And what happened? Well, they became futile. They became, in a sense, their thinking was worthless. And they began to think about worthless things. Worthless things. And, you know, this is not a happy state. Right? This is not the place where somebody wants to be. But yet, you see, many people are in this place. Their, their thinking is futile. It, it's really worthless. And, what, and their foolish hearts then are darkened. Foolish because they don't acknowledge God. And their heart is darkened. And it's not speaking of their physical heart, right? But their spiritual heart. It's dark, and, and, it, and what it leads to is, is we'll go on in the book of Romans, we'll see the things that it leads to. So no man has any excuse whatsoever. God has justification for his wrath because of the sinful behavior of man, and because man neither thanks God nor is grateful for God's provision. Wrath of God is upon upon all of us. It's upon all of us. Upon all of us because Eve grabbed that piece of fruit, bit into it, and went downhill from there. Right? That's the reality of it. Every time you get sick, God's provisional wrath. You know, the outward man is what? Perishing. No sin, what would have happened? No one ever gets sick. No one ever gets hurt. And when you get to heaven, because there's no sin, there's no, there's no pain. There's no suffering. There's nothing there. But we live in a world today full of it. And we are either directly or indirectly responsible. Not God. God is holy. God is perfect. He's always right. He's never wrong. And so when people say, why? uh, The answer is really, well, why not? Why not? Men have sinned and, and fallen short of the glory of God. And God has to judge that sin. He's holy. He's righteous. And He will judge it. They'll be ultimately in His final wrath and great white throne judgment, but also in His provisional wrath. That's the reality of, of life that we live in now. And yet, even in all of that, His grace is sufficient to carry us through these whatever, how many years he gives us here until he takes us home. And that's the grace of God. So Paul is is giving us the bad news. Man, uh, 
Sin has decimated people's lives. What's one of the reasons why God hates sin? Well, because he's holy, but also because it decimates people's lives. That's the reality of it. And so understand that God is holy, he's righteous, he's wrathful. But he doesn't make us then try to fulfill his wrath or or try to overcome his wrath. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to do that. Uh, And when you receive Christ, then uh, God's wrath is removed, or at least his final wrath is removed from your life. And you no longer have to pay for your sin. Eternally, at least. Because Jesus Christ took it all himself. Remember, God's wrath most evidently revealed upon Jesus Christ. When the sin of mankind fell upon him, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if you haven't received Jesus Christ, so I would encourage you to do so. I would encourage you to do so. You're a sinner in the hands of an angry God. As Jonathan Edward would say. And his wrath is just boiling up. And believe me, if there's somebody you don't want against you, it's him. Anyone else? Man, you can deal with it. Right? You, you can take a bat to their knee, as, as, as you know, brother said. You can take a bat to their knee if, if need be. But God, he's a different story. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. And Lord, help us to understand that you are a God of wrath and yet a God of love. The two run parallel together. Uh, You hate sin, certainly, Lord. But you love us so much that you sent your Son to become sin for us. And in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And Lord, I pray this morning if there's anyone here who has not received you as their Lord and Savior, has not given their heart to you, that you would speak to them even now. Help them to understand their situation, where they, where they are at currently. They stand or sit condemned. They haven't received Jesus Christ. And the only way to rid them of that condemnation is through a personal relationship with Christ. So if that's you this morning, you've not given your heart to Jesus but you so desire to do so then lift up your hand and we'll pray for you we'll pray that the Lord come into your heart thank you so much Pastor Joe you know becoming a Christian is not merely believing in some creed or or just doing a religious activity at church it's actually asking Christ himself to take residence in your life and heart Jesus said behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come in if you'd like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, simply pray this prayer after me and mean it in your heart. Just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. I turn from my sins and open the door of my life and heart to you. 
I confess you as my personal Lord and Savior and ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. We would love for you to come and visit us at our church at Grace Calvary Chapel, but we're more concerned with you getting plugged into a church, even if it's not ours. So finding a church that teaches the whole counsel of God, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, that's what you need. But we would also love to send you some information for free. You can go to our website under the Word of Grace Radio tab. There'll be a form there that says, I accepted Jesus Christ today. And you fill that out and we'll send you out some information for free. We would love for you to visit our website if you have any other questions. Maybe you didn't pray the prayer, but you have more questions that you want answered. You can do that at gracecalvarychapel.org. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's Word of Grace Radio episode as Pastor Joe goes through the Bible verse by verse, simply teaching the Word of God. Did you know that you can find this podcast to listen to it again, even download it or share it with someone by using Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as our church website? You can also get information about church service times, submit a prayer request, donate to this radio ministry, or get in contact with Pastor Joe directly on our church website at gracecalvarychapel.org. But we would love for you to come visit us in person at 9107 Marbach Road, Suite 225, near Highway 151 in the Lackland Sea World area. Well, Senior Pastor and Teacher Joe Marquez would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. It has truly been a blessing for our church. So until next time, we pray that the Lord would richly bless you with His Word of Grace.